Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the latest podcast episode. This is your host, Terry Knight, and I have a special guest with me today, Tori Schaefer. And um, appreciate you, man, for coming on. I know you're busy. I think your story is unique. I think the portfolio you built down and stuff you've been involved with for a long time, it's just amazing to me. And I think you can provide so much value to the audience. It's just people out there who's, you know, either learning to do real estate or just wanting to learn more about how they can advance and scale it. Um, just like how you have, and just kind of pick your brain to see where you are and, and just how you can provide value to anyone that's out there that's looking to do the same thing. So I appreciate your time, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, let's get to it. I know you're busy. Uh, first and foremost, Tori, let people know who you are and kind of where you came from and, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah. So my name is Tori Sheffer. I grew up in, I live in Michigan now, so I live in Ann Arbor currently. Um, I'm from here. I grew up about a half hour north of here in Heartland, um, and I was I, I'm the third of nine kids, so grew up in a big family. Uh, my dad worked at Ford, and then when I was about 13, 14, he started a company um, selling playgrounds, like parks and playgrounds to schools and cities and things like that. Um, but anyway, I so went to college for a few years, and a lot of years, actually. So I went to, I, w- I was in college in my... Th- um, my second year of college, I started a company building playgrounds. So I hired a couple of my friends and in the summers we would go and build playgrounds, um, you know, all over Michigan and some of Ohio. So we'd go, you know, build playgrounds and that was what we did. And, and really it was, you know, being a subcontractor for a lot of the smaller jobs that my dad, uh, had sold. So it worked out, you know, obviously really well. Um, and then I always knew that I didn't want to, be digging holes forever um you know granted at the time it was great money but i was like 19 um and so i wanted to like look into where i wanted to go for the future and private equity was always something that was attractive to me i thought it was looked like a ton of fun um and that was kind of that that was really the goal so for me i looked at okay if i want to get into private equity eventually long term you know, how can I do that in Michigan? I think long-term I'll be in Michigan, right? My, my wife and my family, both of our families are here. So I think long-term we'll be here. Um, and I wasn't on the path of like high finance, uh, you know, like a high finance degree and then going to wall street and doing private equity that way. Right. So that was like option one. And then option two was like, all right, just figure it out. So I got my real estate license. That was like the closest thing I knew to like, um, you know, lowest barrier to entry, right? You can basically have a pulse and pass the test and, um, you know, get your real estate license. So I got my real estate license and started selling houses uh, while I was in college at Saginaw Valley. So I was in Saginaw, Michigan, selling houses and, you know, showing houses for 7,500 bucks, $5,000, like for a house. It's crazy. Um, You know, there were houses with (laughs) copper ripped out of them and all that stuff. So, um, you know, pretty interesting start from that aspect. But then I wanted to get into selling like more expensive houses. Obviously you make more money, right? So I eventually switched over to, um, to uh, Sotheby's office in Birmingham, uh, Michigan, which is like, you know, the, it's one of the richest areas of Michigan. Um, and then two weeks later, my first, uh, my first deal that I sold with Sotheby's was a, uh, a little over $2 million house. It's like 14,000 square feet. It was, you know, once I did that, I was like, okay, like I'm on top of the world. This is going to be great. I'm going to be the best real estate agent ever. 
and then you know I kept doing that and it was going really well but I I got to the point where I like to travel I like to like you know go places and have freedom I, I think my end goal is just true freedom and whether it's time or location or whatever right I want to be able to do what I want when I want to and being a real estate agent you can't you end up you know you're working for yourself in theory but you end up working for you know 40 different people and showing houses and all of this so um i started to look into ways that i could build some equity or have some you know have something to retire from at some point right a realtor can never retire you, you are constantly showing houses it's always the next deal there's never a there's never a time where you can just shut it off um and then so that's what i discovered multifamily real estate and i started looking into that and i met um I reached out to a, a guy who's now a good friend of mine. We've done a ton of deals together um, and basically asked him. So he was younger than I was. I think I was 24 at the time. He was 23, something like that. And he had he had bought two 12 units, um, syndicated them. And I was like, hey, like if he can do that, why can't I do it? So I asked him a few questions and, you know, went and bought him lunch. And, and uh, then we just kind of snowballed from there figured out what he was looking for and then eventually once i figured out what kind of deals he was looking for i was like okay if i find a deal i can bring it to him and have him do all the work and i'll just get a little piece of it and that will get me started and then that was in 2017 when i first reached out to him and then 2019 um i sent out a mailer my first mailer to apartment owners and it hit on a family portfolio of 232 units that had never been sold and uh, it was, so yeah, so 232 units ended up making an offer for 13 and a half million. Uh, I had about 50 grand in the bank at the time, you know, from selling houses. And uh, so I made him an offer because I was like, this is a, a good deal, I think, right? I didn't really know. Um, but I made him an offer. We went back and forth, ended up getting it under contract. And I had brought in the friend of mine who I'd met uh, two years ago. And that was a perfect deal for what they wanted to do. And, you know, so they put up all the earnest money. It was 200 grand non-refundable day one. Um, you know, so they, they put up all the money right away and uh, went into contract and ended up, you know, closing on closing on all of them. We actually ended up selling 184 of them the same day we bought them for a million for profit. And then we kept the other 48 and then it's just kind of snowballed since then. And, so now, you know, now I have a real estate investment company. We've transacted on uh, little, just around $75 million of total real estate uh, and around 700 units um, over the last three years. So it's kind of snowballed, uh, snowballed quickly, but also slowly because I've been at it, you know, trying to be at it since 2017, but it really kind of took hold in, in 2019, 2020. And that's, that's where I'm at today. Wow. Holy crap. That's amazing, man. So it, it, I think it's kind of important that you mentioned you found someone that you can basically do the same thing, right? You want to model exactly what they're doing. Yep. And you found a deal and you reached out to them. I think a lot of people don't realize the power of kind of networking in that aspect and figuring out who you can either partner up with or kind of do joint ventures with to kind of help get deals done. Um, how pivotal like how pivotal was that for you as far as finding that individual and helping your journey get started that way? Cause that's, that's crazy. Yeah. 
I, that was everything, right? If I, if I hadn't met him, then I could have never, like I could have made an offer on the deal, sure, and got it under contract, but it, it required $200,000, non-refundable, the day we signed the purchase agreement. Like I didn't have 200 grand, and I didn't know someone else that had 200 grand. <laughs> so, you know, if I didn't know a guy who had access to $200,000 to put up non-refundable day one, it would have been dead in the water right away. So, um, so yeah, that was everything. I mean, network is everything. It's, it's much more about who, you know, than what, you know, um, you know, different people know different things and know, you know, have access to different things. So, you know, it's, it's very much the most important part of it is, is who, you know, and growing your network and, and meeting new people. Yeah, man, definitely. That's amazing. Uh, since you built that so fast in a short period of time, in my opinion, what was something you learned that's important that people should learn about real estate, especially in a multifamily? Like you're, you're scaling so fast. Is there anything that you kind of noticed that, hey, I messed up on this and I felt like I should have did this better and that could kind of benefit others? That's kind of down the same path as you? Yeah, sort of. So I think that something that I could have done better i guess was probably try and buy more in 2020 and 21 when rates were nothing um i was i'm I'm not uh we didn't do any deals where Mm. we were buying with floating rate debt and all of that right so everything that we have now is is fine it's sitting on fixed rate debt till um i think our earliest maturity actually just sold that one so our earliest maturity is 2026 and um you know in 2026, it's a, it's a five-year fix with five years floating after that credit union loan. So, um, you know, we have 10 years of term total on it. So, um, you know, something that I would have done is tried to just find more deals that that could pencil and focus more, more time on buying bigger stuff also. So a lot of stuff that I have is like I have an eight unit. I have a 16. Actually, the 16 I'm selling next week should close. Um and then I have a, oh, nice. let's see, we have a, Congrats. yeah, we have a, a 20 unit, um, a 24, you know, kind of a lot in that like 20 to 50 range, call it right. Um, whereas now I'm looking at deals that are 150 or 300 units, um, negotiated purchase agreement on a deal that's 310 units. That's $42 million. Uh, and I think we actually have all the equity raised for that deal already now. So it's, you know, we're going to raise $20 million of equity. Um, and yeah, it's, it's 10 times bigger than the last deal that it did, but the fundamentals are the exact same, right? It's, it's something that a year ago, maybe two years ago, if you would have told me like, Hey, we're going to go to contract on this deal, I'd be like, that's crazy. But you know, fundamentally it's the exact thing that we look for. So it's just sticking to the fundamentals and say, you know, the numbers are there. Um, you know, follow the numbers and, and that's what will eventually work out. Wow, man. I, I can't even wrap my head around that. That's such amazing. Jumping to that high level of purchase, talking 20 million equity and just going crazy with that. Um, kind of reminds me of how, you know, Grant Cardone does it. You know, he builds up, you know, all this funding, and yeah. buys these assets all the way around. Um, you basically doing the same thing at scale. 
Um, where where is your portfolio located? Is it across certain aspects of Michigan, or is it different parts of the states? Like, where do you guys focus yeah, on? So or are you guys so, just open to? So everything? I focus on I focus on Southeast Michigan right now, uh, basically the suburbs of Detroit. So I grew up in the suburbs. You know, I'm a suburb guy. Um, that's what I know really, really well. When I was selling houses, I was selling houses in the suburbs. Um, so that's where I focus on buying apartments because I know the areas really well, right? So like this big deal that I, I was mentioned, um, it's 10 minutes from where I was born and raised. Like I lived there my whole life or, you know, till I went to college and then, you know, moved on. But um, it's an area that I know really well. So I don't have to sit there and look at all of these different, you know, what's the population, what's the crime, what's all this, right? Because I, I just know because <laughs> I've lived there. So, you know, I can go and leave my truck mm-hmm. parked, unlocked on the street, and I'm going to be fine. So, you know, if <laughs> kind of, kind of what, I, what I describe it to people from out of state. And wh- where are you, Terry? What state are you in? Uh, Florida. Florida, okay, yeah. In Miami, so, south side. Yeah, so uh, I compare it to like basically if, if if you have ever watched a Hallmark movie, those towns that are in Hallmark movies, that's the areas that we buy apartments in. So like Class B, you know, Class B apartments uh-huh. in like upper middle class suburbs is is the target. Oh, that's pretty cool. And how do you, what's the best way in your terms, as far as analyzing deals, do you use uh, certain tools, calculators, something that helps you out other than knowing the area, which is yeah. very important as well. But Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a big, you know, Excel model, you know, however many tabs, and it's actually through a company called Real Estate Lab. <laughs> um, so Real Estate Lab is a real estate acquisitions software. And you go to realestatelab.com and, you know, if you sign up, so like I have a membership there and you put in the rent rule in T12 and it automatically pulls all the data and uploads it right into the, into the model. And then you can go into the model and you adjust your purchase price and all of that to, you know, you update your structure and kind of show everything to, to underwrite it the, the way that you want to figure out, you know, if the property is going to make money. So, um, yeah, I, I have, you know, I think it's like 13 or 15 tab Excel model to underwrite the deals. So it's not just by feel. It's not just by knowing the areas, but it's like knowing the areas, knowing the values of the rent that we'll be able to get. Um, but then, yeah, I do. I build out a full model on every deal also. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, I'm assuming you guys raise rent every year, just like any other. Um, owners out there do you think there's like a um i guess per se a cap that you can you may have to stop at and not go too high or too low yes. or i mean certainly yeah, you, you guys can't really just raise analyze rent. The, the raises on rents yeah you can't just raise rent um <laughs> i mean you got to improve the property right so we'll go into a place that maybe the rent is call it uh $900 right but the property down the street is renting for 13 1400 um, you know, so in that scenario, once that person's lease expires, we'll offer them a renewal. And then if they don't renew, we'll go in and renovate the unit and lease it for the full market rate. So we'll spend anywhere from 10 to, you know, 10 to 15,000 typically on a unit like that. And, you know, we'll, we'll upgrade it, do carpets, cabinets, um, you know, 
all the flooring, light fixtures, paint, basically everything to make it look pretty and fresh. And then, um, you know, go lease it for the market rate. But as far as once we once we stabilize it and, and we're at the full market rate, then we don't really raise it much. I mean, it's, you know, I underrate for 3% increases a year, which, you know, on a thousand boxes, like a $30 increase. So we don't do anything crazy year mm-hmm. over year after we do the renovations. But yeah, certainly when we do a renovation, um, you know, then we bring the rent up to the full market rate. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, t- what what's next for for Tori? Like, what what do you have anything you want to accomplish by the end of the year? Five year, ten year goals? Like, what what's your dream and your your ambition? Yeah, so I mean, I guess by the end of the year, so I have you know a couple deals that are just in the pipeline. So I'd like to buy them. Uh, there are three different properties. Um, yeah, so if I if I buy those, it'll be a great year, and. Um, five years, you know, I don't have like a set number of I'm trying to get so many units or I'm trying to get to whatever, but long term, I want to build like a full scale private equity firm. So, you know, we'll buy apartments and we'll buy maybe other asset classes of real estate, but then we'll also buy companies, you know, different operating companies that we find are, you know, valuable. I think the, the amount of people that are, that are retiring, um, it's a great time to go look at buying companies, but I'm just positioned in a point where I'm in, I'm scaling with the real estate. So I don't want to pull my focus away from the real estate. But, you know, I think that this whole, I think it's like $70 trillion of wealth is set to be transferred from boomers to the next generation over the next 10 years. Um, So I think it makes sense to kind of position myself well to be able to capitalize on that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, whew, didn't know that much is uh, going to be transferred over, but it makes sense. Yeah. I, mean, it's, um, I guess it's not transferred. You mentioned over, right? someone's hmm? someone's got to go and, and oh, yeah. buy their company, <laughs> but all of these, a lot of the people have zero retirement plan. They don't have any sort of, um, you know, succession plan. So, you know, they're going to sell the company or they're going to give it away, or a lot of them are just going to wrap it up and call it quits. Whereas those companies are valuable. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it, think it's worth like i said position yourself well to be able to take advantage of that yeah exactly um you mentioned eventually buying companies would it be something in the real estate niche industry or would you like to branch out and kind of touch different stuff once you establish more on the real estate side that you feel comfortable that you're like okay let, let me try something yeah. Yeah. Branch out. I mean, it wouldn't be specific to real estate. Certainly I think real estate is a great way to do it. Right. Like I'd love to buy the companies and mm-hmm. buy the real estate because you can do all sorts of things. Then if you, if you own the company, you sign a lease on your real estate, then you have the ability to like dramatically impact the value of your property. So then you can do a sale lease back. And there's just a lot of things that you can do um, once you're in that position. So yeah, I mean, we'll venture outside of, outside of real estate, but um, you know, real estate will still be a focus for me. Cool. Uh, you mentioned sale leaseback. Can you kind of elaborate what that means for viewers that may not know exactly what that term is? Yeah. So sale leaseback is a way that companies that occupy real estate use to raise money, right? So like Sherwin Williams a few years ago, 
um, they sold, I think, 150, um, 150 of their properties to a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, right? So the REIT came in and bought all of these properties from Sherwin-Williams. And Sherwin-Williams then signed a lease for those same properties. So they're going to stay in those locations. But, you know, let's say they're going to pay ten grand a month. Um, but they're going to sell it all, right, on day one. By selling it, they're able to get all of that capital up front, and then they can go and use that in their operating business, whereas before it was just buried in the value of their real estate. So it's really a way to generate, you know, access oh, to capital. Okay. So, like, I know a lot of a lot of companies will go in, or maybe not a lot, but this is something that very commonly happens, is if you go and buy a company with the real estate, where maybe they're not on a lease, right? So you buy, you know, you buy the real estate for a very cheap price because there's no, it's just part of the deal. It's you buy a company and the real estate is just thrown in, right? The owners think of it sometimes as an afterthought. And let's say you buy it for a million dollars and then you go in and you have the company and the company can support a lease for call it $20,000, right? You can go around and, and or turn around and go and sell that piece of real estate based off of your lease you know, assuming you're credit worthy and all of that, you can go and sell it based off of your lease for like two and a half million. Right. So now you bought it for a million and you sell it for two and a half or whatever the case, right? The numbers might not always be that great, but you could buy it for a million and do a lease for 10 grand and then sell it for a million five to someone that just wants, wants the passive income from the lease. So, um, you know, then you turn a million into a million five and you can do that in like three months from the time you close. So it's, it's a, it's something that's, uh, you know, interesting to me. I think it makes a ton of sense to be able to take advantage eventually. Um, but right now my real, my, my focus is pure, purely suburban apartments, but you know, over the next five, 10 years, will I go into that, into that world? Probably. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's interesting. That's pretty cool. Um, one thing, I guess I had a question about myself. You're, you're, you're doing so much amazing things on the apartment side. Have you ever thought about building your own? Maybe you have an idea like, hey, I want to build my own multifamily. I want it exactly like this. And you can do amazing things to it and, and all sorts of things. You ever thought yeah, about so that? I, yep, I've thought about it. So I have a I have a deal right now that's it's 24 units and there's land so you can build another 86 there. Um, and we were originally going to build it, but the time that it took just to get the wastewater treatment permit approved was like 16 months, 17 months. So during that time, I could I went and bought several, like, I don't know, four or five other deals that, you know, were just traditional value-add apartments. Um, so development is just a very long timeline, and it's a lot riskier right you're putting out millions of dollars and you know you're literally putting out a hundred hundreds of thousands of dollars until you before you even have anything in the ground before you even have anything approved so um Mm. you know for me i I think right now it's just too much of i don't know all the intricacies of it and certainly there are people that do really well on it um but it's a development is a whole different world and you know, buying the value at apartments is just so, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's, it, if you stick to the fundamentals and, and stick to the areas and good areas, operate them well, um, it's hard to, it's hard to screw it up. 
whereas development is a whole world if you don't know what you don't know and you could dig a shovel in I th- there was a deal in miami i think it's related uh which is steven ross's company um they were excavating a site and they found like some artifacts in the ground and then because they found these artifacts now their their site their construction is delayed forever basically because they got to go and figure out what's going on with these artifacts and you know all these historic items that they stumbled upon whereas right if that was me and i was digging it like related is going to be fine they're a billion dollar company (laughs) many many billions um but if that was someone going out and doing it for the first or second time and they hit these artifacts like they're toast right you've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars at that point how your timeline is absolutely done because you have a site where you can't do anything to it and there would have been no way to know that there's artifacts under the ground until you start digging so it's things like that you know i don't want to i don't want to um, (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's a it's an entirely different world and and just something that uh you know what i do now works so why uh why try to change it up too much Yeah, it's not only working, it's an amazing thing you've built, man. Like, congrats. That's a big accomplishment. Uh, For anyone that's out there, like, you're welcome, man. So you mentioned equity firm. What does it take to run an equity firm? Like, we all know there's businesses, there's different aspects of that. But uh, do you think it's a little different than a traditional business as far as who you have in place and how everything's run? No, I mean it's it's the same. The only the only difference is really that you're raising money from outside, from investors, right? So, um, you know, every deal we go and raise raise money from investors to bring the equity to the deal. So we, you know, tip traditionally, let's call it, we're at seventy thirty debt to equity. Um, so we're going to go to the bank for seventy percent of the cost, and then we're going to go raise equity from investors for the other thirty percent of the cost. So. Um, you know, that's really the only difference outside of that. It's the exact same of, you know, running any other real estate investment company. Cool. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, but that's that's pretty cool and neat to find out how all that stuff works. Uh, for anyone that's looking to reach out to you, man, and learn more about buying multifamily or anything regards to real estate, What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, so the best way, I guess the best way to follow along and kind of see what I'm doing is I read a weekly newsletter about the deals that we work on. So if you go to the capitalstacknewsletter.com, um, you know, subscribe there. And then every week I talk about deals that we're working on, right? How we found it, uh, what we liked about it, what our business plan was, how we financed it, um, you know, I think is is people have been enjoying. So we do that every week. We've been doing a weekly newsletter for about, I guess a little over a year and a half now um, talking about the deals that I'm working on, how I think about things, how I, you know, what I look for in deals, you know, what are some things that every real estate deal must have and things like that. Um, so yeah, the capital stack newsletter.com and then on Twitter at Tori J Sheffer, uh, all other social media, just at Tori Sheffer. I'm on them all. Cool. You hear that guys reach out to Tori. He knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, man, I don't want to take too much of your time. I appreciate you for hopping on, sharing your journey, 
sharing where you are now and what your plans are for the future. Um, thank you so much. And again, guys, if you want to reach out to Tori, I'll have the links below to the newsletter, to his social media channels. Please, please, please reach out, follow. Watch out for Tori. He's going to explode, man. I think he's going to be like the next Grant Cardone. No lie. <laughs> I don't no know. Lie. I, I, I like but, uh, our, Thanks our again, man. I appreciate our, it. Our deals, our deals are a little bit, uh, our deals are a little better return wise, but, uh, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it. All right, guys, to the next episode. Peace out.